Welcome to Ask the Dean. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I'm the co-founder of MAPT. I'm joined every week by Rachel Grubbs, the other co-founder of MAPT, who has 20 years' experience in the pre-med and test prep world, and by Dr. Scott Wright, former executive director of TMDSAS and former director of admissions at UT Southwestern Medical School. Ask the Dean is a weekly Q&A we do live exclusively for our MAPT members, and this podcast is a recording of that session so that everyone can benefit from that knowledge. Let the knowledge flow. Ask the Dean, episode 60. Wow. It's Crazy, right? So uh, I'm Rachel Grubbs. I am your temporary host for the evening. Dr. Ryan Gray has been on a little trip and he will be back with us next week. And uh, how are you tonight, Dr. Scott Wright? I am great, doing well. Uh, had a great weekend and uh, raring to go for the week and excited to be here tonight visiting with all of our, all of our friends from uh, MAPT and, uh, and uh, excited to answer a lot of great questions. Nice. Virginia, don't call me Virginia Graham. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> How are you? We're getting there. I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah. You've been doing great too. So I know I haven't had to use the Verenia jar in a while. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we're good. Uh, glad to be there. here. You're yes. getting there. That's yeah. right. That's right. Good. All right. Well, while we're getting settled and waiting for our first questions to come in, let's talk about time of year. So we did this a little bit last week, but I, I think it's it's a timely topic. Um so people are writing secondaries. People are living with mystery. What's on your mind? What do you think people need to be remembering or working on right now if they're applying this cycle? Give yourself permission to maybe take a break, little refresher, maybe go outside, take a walk. They all start to sort of blend together after a while. Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes you just need a little distance to um, reorient yourself and uh, approach it with, you know, a fresher perspective. Um, but you're doing it. You're doing it. Keep doing it. You're getting through it. Nice. Yeah. What yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think uh, one of the things, uh, particularly as we get to the point where people are doing a lot of work on secondaries. I think staying organized is a really important point for this time of year, depending on how many schools you're applying to. You know, we have students that are applying to 25, 30, 30 medical schools and keeping those all straight. What have I done? What have I not done? When's it due? When's it, you know, all of that stuff, really important to keep those organized. And, uh, you know, keep in mind and pace yourself uh, so that you're, you know, don't feel overwhelmed. Uh, the best the best course of action is planning, planning out, you know, today I'm going to do these two secondaries. Uh, I'm going to make it all the way through and, and, and complete them and submit them tomorrow or the next day I'm going to do these. Uh, so keeping keeping those things straight. So organization and pacing of yourself is really important. And I, I completely agree with Verenia that um, s- scheduling into that that plan time to relax, to uh, de- decompress, uh, to really focus yourself. You know, do, go 
I love that idea of going for a walk, go, go to a movie, go to, uh, you know, do, you know, get on a, a, a yoga uh, a, a, a video cast or something and do, do some yoga, some meditation and, and just really centering yourself uh, so that you're not overwhelmed and you're not feeling uh, exacerbated by, by what's going on. Uh, those are important qualities to have this time of year when everything's sort of focusing down to the point of, uh, uh, of getting, getting it all done, getting the nuts and bolts of it all done. Yeah. Great point. So then let's do the other, cause we've been talking a lot about application cycle stuff. What if you're not applying this year? So it's just mid July somewhere in, the pre-med or pre-PA process, right? We might be four years out, three years out, two years out, one year out from applying. It's summer. What should I be doing with my time? Well, I mean, this might be a really good time to start looking over some notes from your science classes from last year. Um, If you haven't um, done that, it's been a month or two since you've had some distance away from them. So it's a good idea to look over your notes, maybe get some flashcards, Uh, you know, going off of what Dr. Wright was just saying regarding getting organized, make sure those notes are organized. Um, I know it's not, it does not sound like a fun thing to do, um, but trust me, you will appreciate having them organized before your next um, semester begins when you probably may not have as much time. Um, If maybe you're not a traditional applicant and you're not in school at the moment, um, maybe, you know, maybe you're working right now. Maybe you're just, you know, working full time. Maybe take advantage of some e-shadowing hours if you can. Um, That's also a good idea. And for other students who are still in school right now, just maybe lining up some more shadowing opportunities or, um, you know, like I said before, just trying to stay organized. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I, I think organization, even for students who are not in the middle of the process, really important. Uh planning out your year. What you know, if you're applying next year, plan out that year. What what's what's gonna be happening? You know that you're gonna be taking classes. You know, you know, semester one, semester two, or quarter one, two, three. <clears throat> you know those are gonna be occurring. So planning out what you're what you're gonna be doing this year. Don't wait until you get to November uh, and start thinking about uh, MCAT. What do I do? You know, when's the MCAT? When, when I need to do that? Uh, study, you know, keeping in mind that study routine. Uh, now is also an, a great opportunity, depending on <clears throat> how close you are to applying, to start looking at schools and start, you know, there's a lot of medical schools out there. And, you know, now's a good time to start looking at uh, at the MSAR on the WMC website and the equivalent on the ACOMAS website to, uh, to get a sense of what are these schools, which ones sort of resonate with you and which ones uh, are ones that you're really attracted to and, and maybe examining, you know, what, what, it, what is it I'm looking for in a medical school and what, what do I want out of this experience and, you know, what schools are out there that seem to fit with my, uh, my uh, idea of what would be great for me. And so I think there's a lot that uh, a student can do right now, students that are not actually in the cycle, what they can do to prepare for next year or, or, or two years out. Out. Um, very, very, uh, there, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle. And I think the more planning ahead you do, the better off you're going to be. 100% agree with that. And so I agree with everything both of you have said. And by the way, when we're chatting about these things, we're not saying do all of them. 
we're saying, you know, pick one or two, right? It's part of the whole start early so that you don't have to cram, you can pace it out. So, you know, Verinia offered some things kind of thinking scholastically. Um, Scott has just mentioned a bunch of things sort of about pre-application, which I agree with. I'll offer, offer two other things to consider. So um, Scott had mentioned that you might be taking MCAT in the spring. If you're taking the MCAT in January or March, prep is not actually that far away. I know it seems like it is, but a lot of people think they're going to prep for the MCAT and end up doing three or four months, even if prepping is like the main thing they're doing. So if you're taking the exam in January, you really might start prepping in October. And if you're working full-time or going to school and you have a job and you're going to try to fit MCAP on top of that, you might space out your prep over five or six months. Well, it's July. Six months from today is going to be January 19th. We don't have MCAT dates for next year yet, but it's probably going to be somewhere around the 15th or 20th or 25th. It usually is. So January 2022 MCAT sounds really far away. It's not. So you might be shopping for prep and planning prep. You might actually be starting your prep now. Um, And then keep in mind that if possible, if you are going to apply in May of 2022, we recommend that you aim to take the MCAT in January or March or maybe April, because that way you get your scores back by February or April or May. And if, heaven forbid, you have to retake, you've still got some cushion in your schedule. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Looks like we've got some hungry question askers. So let's switch gears here. Let me turn off that banner and see what we got. Okay. Someone asks, how can I address adversity, diversity, et cetera, questions in my secondaries without feeling like I'm beating a dead horse? Being trans is pretty central to a lot of these answers as well, which is why I want to be a doctor. It's in my personal statement and a lot of activities already. So I really appreciate this question because we've had a lot of people ask about how to deal with diversity when they felt like they didn't have to offer. Where here's someone who's saying, you know, I'm a trans person. So like they're pretty sure what their diversity is, but it's also already come up a lot. So what do you guys think? Is this the kind of thing that it bears repeating? How would you answer these questions? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, to me, I I do think this is a valid question related to not going on and on and on every time about the exact same thing. Uh, I do think you have to broaden your thinking, particularly in this situation where, you know, it sounds like the person has already put in with um, personal statement, activities, a lot of this stuff is already present, they're they're probably they're dealing with you know their uh, their real self. They're they're trying to trying to uh, uh, indicate in the personal statement and in the in the list of activities and et cetera uh, things about their transition potentially things about how how this makes them who they are uh, et cetera. So in, end of the day, I think you have to think more broadly you have to i wouldn't um 
if you've already really covered that in pretty much detail in the personal statement or in the list of activities and stuff like that, then I would hesitate to, to, to cover it again in the, in the, uh, in the secondaries. I think you need to think of perhaps other things that might apply. Uh, now clearly, uh, that, well, that may not be the case. And so in that case, I would, I would use other examples within the context of, uh, of this diversity, use other examples of, you know, why it was a, a difficult situation for you to come to the conclusion of being a trans person and, and how you've dealt with that. And, you know, maybe think of different angles uh, to come at it with uh, besides, you know, the ones that you emphasized in the, in the application itself. Uh, so I think it's valid to not <clears throat> not want to uh, reiterate things uh, in exactly the same way. Uh, but again, you have to be straightforward with who who you are and, and how you feel like you fit into these questions and if at the end of the day if if that's what you're going to talk about uh then do it and uh and don't don't veer away from it and don't and don't necessarily worry about it they'll the medical schools will see that you're you know this is a supremely important part of your life and it has it has fashioned a lot of your experiences over time <clears throat> and so you're going to have to uh you're going to have to really uh you know just depend on the medical schools to to recognize that uh, depend on the people on these committees the readers of the essays to understand where you're coming from you can't uh, you can't veer away from that yeah yeah uh, it's tricky, right? Because I know one thing that uh, Ryan always says is don't undermine your own application because mm. you think your strongest <clears throat> example has already been used. Right. But I, but I, he often says that with regards to activities versus mm -hmm. secondaries. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think personal statements a little bit different, but yeah, you've got to be authentic. And I really love your idea of same central theme, same same core part of my identity that I'm referencing, mm -hmm. different instances. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a really smart way to approach that. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, question asker and anyone who feels this question is relevant, like you have to be true to yourself. So right. um, whatever it is you're bringing to the table is what you're bringing. Yep. Right. Yep. Very well said. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Is it okay to send my primary app to schools in August, or will that be a bit too late? I hope to finish all my current secondaries by August, and since then I will have more time. I'm thinking of adding more schools. Got it. So you've already turned in a, your primary. It's just that you're thinking about adding more schools for primary. Well, no. It says, is it okay to send my primary to schools in August? But I hope to finish all my current secondaries by August. Yeah, I don't understand the question. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, we know this question asker. It's anonymous, but I'm pretty sure that they did already turn it Okay, okay, app. okay. All right, we're going to skip you for now. Come back and clarify so that we can be uh, sure we're answering this. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, new question. I did a paramedic, paramedic program associate's degree in my gap year to increase my clinical authorization. Will my grades in that program matter? Do they apply to the last 30 hour rule? Yep. Yes. They do. One uh, of you guys want to. Yeah. If, they, if they're, if they're transcripted, they'll, they're going to count. Uh, they're going to count toward uh, that. Your grades will matter in the program and they're going to count toward that 30 hour rule. Uh, so absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. And then, yeah, for whoever's asking, put those in mapped and you can see the upward trends. Um, that, that last 30 hour rule, um, that that's not a hard and fast rule, right? Some schools look at the last 20, some look at the last 40, some look at 90. Um, so it's, it's not a magical 30. So any, any courses you've taken at a USA or Canada post-secondary institution that has a transcript, put them into mapped. And then that way you can, you're going to have to put them into your actual applications. So since you're a mapped user, also put them into maps so you can see how they impact your trend. Okay, so we're going to circle back to our friend who was asking about primary. He has already submitted his primary application, okay. and he's working on some secondaries. And he's thinking after he completes secondaries for the schools that already received his primary, that he may select a few more schools. Gotcha. And now in that context is wondering about August. I mean, I think traditionally August is a little on the later side. Mm -hmm. But I will defer to Dr. Wright's experience <laughs> and expertise. Yeah, you know, I, I think once, you know, since your application is verified and uh, you've done everything, everything is there. So the process of getting application, getting your application to the medical schools is quick now. So when you add additional schools, it's going to be a very quick process getting that application to the medical schools. It's not going to have to go through this four to six week, you know, process, et cetera. You've already been through that. So I, I would say, and, 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 you know, again, uh, it's just the issue of, you know, are, are you willing to spend the additional the additional money to do it and uh, recognizing it's a little bit on the later side, but um, I I'd say go for it. Um, I honestly, I don't think there's a downside. All they can say is no. Yeah. That's a good point about already being verified. Yeah. I was thinking of it as a new app, like completely new yeah. application. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, he clarified. Yeah. He's verified as MCAT and Casper completed. Okay. Um, okay. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess the, the short answer is, if you've got the resources, by mm -hmm. which I mean time and money and energy, go for it. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, fall back up to the paramedic. We're getting a lot of, a lot of deep dives into questions today. Right, right. So our person who did the paramedic program wants to clarify, I know that these classes count towards my GPA. I'm more curious about the discussion amongst adcoms in a positive way. Uh, if the grades are good, do they help? So what do you think about that paramedic program grades? I mean, they don't count towards science GPA, right? Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, they don't count towards science GPA. And, and honestly, I think, yeah, they do help. They're not going to be seen the same as upper level biological science, you know, right. upper level science stuff and, and things like that. But I think it, what it, you know, it's going to be, two different sort of elements here. Not only are you going through the program, it's a, it's a clinical program essentially where you're going to be dealing with, um, you know, patients in a real way. And that will be positive for the, for the admissions committees, you know, a very positive step in the right direction. And, uh, and, and, and uh, so I, I think it's more of a, the benefit will be more than the grades which they will see that you've done well in, in the paramedic program if the grades are good, but they're also going to see and be discussing 
what is going through this program have what has this done to your application and you know that can only be a positive conversation there yeah I agree. Yeah, and being a paramedic is great, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's not so much the degree that matters is the work and hopefully the meaningful experiences mm-hmm. that you get out yeah. of it. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. I think we uh, – you may have skipped one. I, maybe you meant to, but I just want to bear, make yeah. sure. We've had a lot of people circling back to their earlier comments, so – the one that starts off, how is the interview process? Oh, thank you. Good catch. Okay. How is the interview process different from the primary slash secondary process? I feel like I'm telling everything about myself in my written apps that I won't have anything new during the interviews. Hmm. Well, you assume, you're making an assumption that the interviewer has actually read your material word uh so you can't assume that you cannot assume that you know some schools have closed process where the interviewer has access to none of that uh they don't know anything about you they may know a little bit about uh you but they may have only had your personal statement to read or they may not have anything uh now in addition uh schools that have an open uh, uh, interview process where the interviewer has access to everything, you can't even necessarily assume that the interviewer has read or read in depth uh, even the material. You know, maybe they were on call the night before and didn't have time to uh, time to prep. Maybe they, you know, just procrastinated and ran out of time. Uh, I mean, there's just a whole host of things that could have happened or could happen. So, number one, I don't think you can assume uh, that the interviewer has has read everything. Even if the interviewer has read everything, it doesn't mean they're going to ask things that you think are, are relevant. Uh, so they may ask some off-the-wall question. I, I, I was doing a mock interview today with a student who, uh, a, uh, you know, biophysics major at a, a great institution who's, you know, uh, has a variety of experiences and stuff. But one of the things he, he talked about was um, that he uh, does competitive archery. And uh, he did s- mention that within the context of talking about how he was a Eagle Scout and had learned archery uh, in his scouting program. And, uh, and for a good probably five minutes, that's all I wanted to talk about was archery. You know, how did you get into this? What is competitive archery versus not competitive? How are they different? How is hunting using archery different than than sport archery? And, I mean, we went off on this whole archery thing. And, uh, and that's a good example. Uh, you know, uh, interview processes evolve. And, uh, and, and you – so you don't know what they're going to ask, and uh, they may center in on something that you really didn't talk much about uh, that you maybe just mentioned in your in your uh, application. And so, uh, just you know, recognize that um, uh, the interview uh, is a, is a totally different animal, and the interviewer, depending on the the structure of the interviews at that school, uh, may well be asking a variety of very different questions than stuff that, that you know, they, they're not necessarily going to say, well, okay, what's your major in college? Okay, well, we already know that. So, uh, you know, they, they're going to ask, uh, you know, maybe a variety of questions. So I wouldn't worry about the issue of 
of the inter- interview process being different. It will be different. Uh, and uh, they're going to pursue a lot of different questions in a lot of different ways. And so, uh, and that is where I think for what, what we do through mapped, uh, is one of the services that we do in, in, in interview prep. It, that's one of the benefits of it is, is being able to sort of practice this and, uh, practice a different type, different types of structure so that you, you, you get a sense of what may be happening, what may be uh, talked about in an interview. So whether you use our services for, uh, for mock interviews or you're doing it through your institution or you're doing it just with a, a friend or a mentor, uh, I think it's a great idea to do mock interviews and, and, and go through a process where you're, you're having to put yourself on the spot and, uh, and, and respond to these questions, uh, et cetera. Yeah. And I just would like to add to what Dr. Wright is saying that in addition to the, you, you know, you can't assume that they read your application. This is an opportunity for you to also just show your communication skills, because it's one thing to write everything out very nicely, very well edited on a personal statement. It's a whole other thing if you're actually on the spot having to answer questions, you may get a little flu- you know, flustered. So that interview and the mock interview and the practicing beforehand is your opportunity to really showcase those communication skills um, and to show, frankly, how you would interact possibly with a patient. Um, so definitely take that opportunity to really show, not just to like run through the list of things that you've accomplished and that you've done. Those are all wonderful. They may have read them already, but more so how you're connecting to another human being. Well, that's or, a great, great point. Great point. Thank you. I don't know why I keep saying word today. I hope everybody <laughs> understands that's like shorthand for I agree with what you are saying. <laughs> I got I got it. I don't know if they all I know, right? Uh, We're dating ourselves. Uh, uh, word. Yeah. yeah so so okay. much of the interview um, is just your humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, I helped uh, I co-hosted e-shadowing last week since Ryan was out and our presenter who was a GI doctor at one point said, Oh, in my mind, the interview's just double checking that you're a nice person, mm-hmm. you know, and she's not an admissions expert. What she is is someone who went through the experience herself successfully. So like, I think there's more nuance to that. And yet like that little nugget is not really incorrect. You know, like they just want to know, like, can, can you talk to people? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think there's a tendency to over-prepare and come in rehearsed where it's like, if you prepare a lot, you can get to the point where you are talking and you're not rehearsed. And, and yeah, when your friends are drilling you, they should be sometimes throwing you random curveballs that have nothing to do with your resume or, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's going to be, what do you think about this hot topic in medicine you know, what do you think about Medicare for all? What do you think about legalizing drugs? But it also might be about archery. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you don't want to be like, well, that's not an important question. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And can I just add really quickly one more thing? Since yeah. we don't know now, you might be interviewing virtually. Um, they definitely... That's, an, that's a situation where you really do have to kind of showcase those skills. You don't want to read from your prepared personal statement where I've had that happen, where I've, you know, doing a mock interview with a student and I can clearly see that they're reading from whatever script they've already prepared. Um, So that's something that I probably would not recommend, Um, but that's 
clearly you can tell as an interviewer, you can tell if someone is doing that. That's why it's good to have these, these mock interview um, sessions. Yeah. Sorry, as an example, you. I'm going to spotlight myself for a minute here. So you guys, you, the audience who are watching, not just listening, might notice this with me because I'm often trying to manage chat and comments. This is me making eye contact with you guys. This is me squinting over here, looking at the comments. If my notes are here, I mean, it's a dead giveaway. (laughs) And, you know, because we're having a conversation amongst ourselves, sometimes I'm not trying to look at the camera. I'm looking at Bernie or Scott because that feels more natural. But if it's one-on-one, they're going to know if you're not at least looking in the direction of your monitor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry, that was way off topic, but. No, no that's super good. germane. Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely. We I went agree. on forever on that question. So. <laughs> no, and I do think we mentioned it last week, but again, sometimes these things bear repeating. Uh, Ryan did an episode about this last year. It's uh, mm. the pre-med years episode 437. Oh, that's ultimate nope. list. Wrong one. Let me try again. He did an episode that was lights, camera, action, was how to do your, pre, your med- virtual interview. It's episode 405. Um, so you can listen to that pre-med years podcast and get a bunch of tips from Ryan Gray on just tech setup for a virtual interview. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. This person says 39 years old, transportation engineer graduated spring 2021. Well, congratulations. Yes. I have questions about clinical experience. Due to COVID, I am not able to find any volunteer opportunity yet. I took care of my mom who had diabetes for five years. And then I also have taken care of my son who who was diagnosed with autism in 2003. I've been to all of his therapies for several years and I use these activities as clinical experience. Hmm. a good question i think it would depend on what type of activities because if it's more occupational therapy related or maybe um behavioral i don't think they would count as clinical some you know like behavioral therapy um so it really depends on what type of activities um, but but taking care of your mom, I think, mm-hmm. would count for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I definitely think that a lot of these, I agree with the, the uh, autism therapy, kind of would depend on, on what that was all about. The, the, the taking care of mom with, with diabetes, definitely uh, clinical aspects to that. Um, mm-hmm. However, I would say that... Um, Additional clinical experience would be good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and granted that COVID has, has kind of um, made that difficult, it has not made it impossible. Uh, right. So you really have to, to really beat the bushes to find stuff. And to, it's getting more and more possible as things are opening up a little bit, a uh, little bit more. <clears throat> but, um, but I do think it's possible, and I do think you're going to need more clinical, general clinical outside of family members' uh, experience to, 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 to make that happen. Definitely. And I want to remind people, because this is a big sor- a source of confusion, your clinical experience does not have to be volunteer. It can be paid 
or unpaid. So, um, you know, sometimes depending on the way your life is flowing, one of them is easier to you than the other. So, you know, this person mentioned that they're non-traditional, that they've got family members they're taking care of. So it's possible they've been looking for volunteer because they need um, a little more flexibility that often comes with volunteering. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, but absolutely. sometimes working is the way to get your clinical experience. Definitely. And, you know, again, like I think the expression used was beat the bushes, right? If you just keep mm-hmm. shaking that tree, um, something may drop out that happens to fit with your schedule, even though yeah. it's paid and it may not be great money. Right. I think sometimes one of the issues with clinical experience is some of those jobs are kind of entry level and yep. not yep. awesome pay, but at least it's some pay for your right. time. Right. Yeah. And, and these days, you know, the, the, a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of jobs out there now, whether, whether or not they're clinical jobs, depending on where your location is, um, you know, uh, but uh, I would say exactly what you just said, Rachel, I, I'd really emphasize that, you know, you may have to sort of, uh, go through a paradigm shift here and, 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 and shift away from uh, your current work experience uh, job to, to something else that, that is clinically oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, think of, don't, don't eliminate that as an opportunity. Right. Yeah. And ultimately what it comes down to is uh, you get to classify your experiences, right? So whether it's AMCAS, ACOMAS, uh, I think also for TMD SAS, mm-hmm. you're choosing, right? right? So yep. you yep. kind of need to make the case that this work applies to this category. But then what you also want to think about is there are some people who are going to apply with 200 hours of clinical experience. And there are some people who are going to apply with 2000 and some people who have been a full-time RN for the last five years applying with 10,000. So if you just have hours with family members that it's just a matter of comparison, right? Like that may look like you, I'm not, I'm not saying this about you question asker. I'm saying the optics, it may present the optic that you haven't prioritized getting more clinical experience. And the truth is um, most of us love our family members enough to take care of them. And it, it can be a very different thing when you're taking care of someone else's family member. So, again, no judgment from the three of us. We're here to help, but we're trying to help you think about the way the adcom is going to look at this, and they're going to want to see that you took care of some other people. And that doesn't have to be hospital, right? It could be senior center. Um, a lot of people need um, COVID screeners right now at different organizations. So you might be able to help, you know, take mm-hmm. temperatures mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you have to get really creative and not just yeah. think about hospitals. You have to think about all the yeah. places that healthcare happen. Right. Okay, that's right. I'm tired of talking. When do you read this? (laughs) Sure, (laughs) I'll do it. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, (laughs) is it okay? Is it okay to not answer the question about how COVID impacted you, if optional? In reality, it hasn't really impacted me drastically, and I don't want to over exaggerate my situation. How do I stay genuine if an answer is required? Yeah, you know, I, I would say don't stretch it. Um, I, I I think you answer questions even if they're optional. Uh, I think you answer them. Uh, I think that um, 
in this particular situation, which is a very common question in, uh, in secondaries these days, how has COVID impacted you? Um, I would say, you know, say, you know, say a few things about how it has not impacted you and, and, and talk about how you're blessed and, mm-hmm. and how you mm-hmm. haven't had to really deal with a whole lot of situations and that you recognize that, that so many people have been affected by, by the pandemic and, uh, and, 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 you know, that you're super sympathetic and, and empathetic with them and in, in the plight that has put them in and, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, but the point here being, I think you have to really, um, be honest and say it really hasn't uh, affected me, and and I feel I'm so grateful mm-hmm. uh, that I that it hasn't. But I recognize that that many many people uh, have been really affected by it. Mm-hmm. Well said. Do you want right. me to read the next one? Yeah, it's a long one. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I applied with one school on my MCAT and waited for my MCAT score. I'm not confident in it, but I'm confident in every other aspect of my app. Is it, is it worth it to practice a little more and retake in August to apply with the best app I can? I just found Mapped, yay, and the Blueprint resources and could dive into those and retake it or just go for it. It's the weakest part of my app, but still acceptable, just not optimal. Mm. That. That's yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot. I'm thinking of your famous saying, Dr. Wright. The optimal versus yeah. I, I think yes. this is this has been a listener of our podcast <laughs> or of, of these videos, uh, because they're using that language is yep. my guess, because uh, that's <laughs> the exact language I use. Um, you know, I, I think in this case, um, you know, what would be helpful is to know the MCAT score. We have so often we have people who you know, make an, have an MCAT score. And, you know, I think we had one last week where they had a 509 or a 510 and they were lamenting the fact of how low that was. And I was like, whoa, this is, you know, a decently solid score, you know. Uh, and so not knowing the score that you're talking about, it's a little bit difficult to, to answer, you know, what what I think you should do in, in the particular situation. Um, you said, I think it's um, uh, it's acceptable, not optimal uh, as the weakest part of your application. But, you know, I, I, I think that um, so I, I would say it, it would depend on what the score is and, and, and kind of a, a, an overview of your application uh, would be helpful to sort of, you know, get a sense of uh, of that. Um, oh, there we go. There we go. OK. All right. For, for our listeners. Uh, they added, I have a 3.9 undergrad, 3.9 grad, and a 505. Okay. And it looks like they did a special master's program? Yeah, apparently they did. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I would say 505 is a little, is a little uh, um, not, not great, not bad. It's sort of in the middle area somewhere in the gray zone. <laughs> and uh and so what i would say is I, i'd probably uh go for the go for the uh, uh august retake particularly if you're just finding new resources and stuff i think it'd be it, it would potentially be uh beneficial if you 
if you took the uh, you know did, did an August retake and, and then see how that how that affects you. I, I agree that the academically the other parts of your application are strong, uh, so you want you know you want that MCAT score to 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 maybe be a little bit higher. And if you feel pretty. You know, if you feel pretty good about about your ability to impact that MCAT score in a, in a positive way, then then I would I, I think it'd be reasonable to move forward on that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, congratulations on your killer GPA. Yes, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. that is nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I work with a lot of people, so to these guys, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't see those kinds of numbers very often. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Those are good good numbers for sure. Um, all right. Looks like our popcorn popping is slowing down. <laughs> Usually when I say that, someone writes me a novel. So <laughs> <laughs> a moment. Um, yeah. Now might be a good time for me to remind everybody about mapped referral codes. So while yeah. I'm waiting for a final yeah. question or two, let me log in real quick. So um, something that comes up a lot, you know, because MAPT is we are trying to be, you know, a really sort of efficiently priced option, right? We can't make it free because we aren't funded by billionaires. Although if you guys know any billionaires and you want to help us get funding, we'd sure love it. (laughs) They're too busy going to space. (laughs) Right. Exactly right. But so people are often asking about like, you know, are there discounts or their promo codes? And the truth is the way we price, we're already really giving everybody the lowest price possible, but we do want to reward you for helping us spread the word. So what we have is, oops, I picked the wrong account to use a referral. (laughs) That's embarrassing. What we have is a referral system. So I'm going to log into an account where I can actually show you. But if you are already using MAPT, even just as a trial student, um, then you should have a referral code here. And if you share this code with your friends and they sign up for MAPT, it's going to give them a 30-day free trial. And then when you pay for your subscription, you get – if they pay for subscription and you're paying for your subscription – then you get an extra 30 days on your paid amount. So like if you buy a year, you're going to get 13 months. Um, if you're on monthly, we'll make your next month free. So um, so I definitely recommend taking advantage. The code is long. I'm sorry it's not catchier. It, they're each unique, so I'm demoing one. Um, but you've got your own unique code, so make sure to use it so that you can actually get the credit. Mm-hmm. Let's That's see. Awesome. What else? Looks like. Oh, there's one. Yeah, there we go. Here we go. Can any clinical outside of the USA count? (laughs) It depends depends on the That's our official answer. Yeah. 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 You know, I I think that um, absolutely. I, I think it does. And however, it doesn't replace clinical experience in the U.S., uh, we've had, uh, on occasion, I've seen applicants who most of their clinical experience was on mission trips or, you know, stuff like that, where they were taking blood pressures or temperatures or intake on patients or, you know, various things like that. Clinic, clin- definitely clinical, but, um, 
you know what what the what the uh, medical schools really want to see uh, are students who have a sense of in addition to getting clinical experience with patients have a sense of what the what the structure of the healthcare system is that they're going to be entering uh, what is it like being in the hospital what is it like being in the clinical setting uh, what are the dynamics involved dynamics in a, in in a foreign clinical setting can be extremely different uh, than what they're like in the U.S. And so, so I would say, uh, yes, it does count, but it doesn't replace. Yep. Well said. All right. Awesome. Uh, looks like we might be at the end of it today. It's summer. Summer, some, summer, summertime, summertime, <laughs> summer, 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 summer. <laughs> All right, because sometimes popcorn pops and we've still got a few minutes, I'll do one more screen share to show you guys one more cool thing. And then if there still aren't questions, we'll we'll wrap up. Yeah. Okay. So, oops, wrong thing to share. Try again. Good morning, everyone. It's very good to see everyone. I'm trying here, guys. <laughs> Maybe Dr. Wright would like to sing some more for us. Yeah, right. No, I, I don't think I want to punish our our listeners or our, our viewers uh, any more than they've already been punished. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. My multitasking has, has borne fruit. Um, so uh, a lot of you guys know about MAP TV. It's free, right? So whether or not you're a Mapped app member, you can come to our YouTube channel, uh, Mapped mapp.tv or just go to YouTube and Google map. But I wanted to show you that Ryan Gray has been working hard on a how to list here. I'll just show the playlist here at the side. Um, here, let me get through that ad. See if I can skip it. Um, I'm not going to show them all. I have the sound off deliberately just to simplify. But so here's this playlist where if you've got questions about using map, you can see there's some privates. I'll be adding more soon. Um, if you've got questions about using MAPT, it used to be that you had to watch a video we filmed in August that, you know, is helpful, but a little out of date. Um, or you have to um, you have to read a big old Google document. And now we have lots and lots of little videos that are all, I think everything but one is less than five minutes and some of them are 30 seconds. So awesome. you can just go to MAPT TV, type in the keyword you're looking for, and then exactly find the right um, the right, the right topic. So mm. you can thank Ryan for that guys. And I'll keep pushing up more videos as I get those thumbnails and ed, uh, descriptions done. Yeah. That's um, awesome. and yeah. I definitely recommend taking advantage of that. If you're having trouble using that. Okay. okay. One last question. Mm. Any advice about applying to a school you fell in love with for the mission, vision, curriculum, and research? But you lived in Florida your whole life, and the school's in Boston, and you're scared. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Although, I mean, I will say, I think it's understood that if you haven't lived in the Northeast and you're considering moving to the Northeast, that even though it's not a different country, you are in for some culture shock. Yep. I believe that is well understood. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, it's funny that this, this is an interesting question because I think that medical school is going to get you inevitably out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a new, this is another um, opportunity uh, to get out of your comfort zone, 
Uh, if you've lived in Florida your whole life, <clears throat> maybe be maybe it'd be a good thing for you personally <clears throat> to get out of Florida and to uh, to go to. I don't think the bar should be set as is it not going to be scary. Uh, I had a, a pre med student <clears throat> just the other day uh, that I've been advising. Uh, he uh, uh, got into medical school. He was. I met with him uh, recently. He was just about to move to the new city where he's going to medical school and about to start medical school. This is a guy who had a 3.8 or higher GPA in biochemistry, 520 uh, MCAT score, <clears throat> uh, paramedic, firefighter. I mean, this guy is, you know, a superstar. And his comments to me were, I am scared to death about what's coming. And, and so don't let the scaredness of it be the standard for you. Uh, let the opportunity for what this is going to do in your life and what this is going to bring to you, let that be the standard. I'm not encouraging you either way, but I'm saying don't, don't let that be the standard. Let the standard be I want to grow. I want to grow as a human. I want to grow as, as a as a. Uh, as an intellectual being, I want to grow as an emotional being. I want to grow uh, as a professional being, etc. Let that be the standard for you, not the I'm scared part. You're going to be scared. Uh, that's a given. Uh, so don't let that be the standard. Yeah, that is awesome advice. So wise. Very. Hey, I'll pat myself on the back. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. no. We will close off there. It's been That's another awesome. great ask. The yeah, it has. Yes. Absolutely. I, uh, Absolutely. I appreciate all you students who join us live and all of you watching the replay weeks later. We appreciate you too. Uh, you can go to map.com if you want a free mapped app trial, and then you can join these sessions and actually ask questions live with the other Absolutely. Map members. Absolutely. And Scott and Verinia and everyone watching, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This is Dr. Gray again, closing out. I hope you learned something from our session today. If you haven't yet checked out Mapped, I invite you to try it for free for two weeks by going to mapped.com slash podcast. Track and navigate your journey to medical school using the only tool like it for pre-meds. We'll see you next week here on Ask the Dean.